So fortunately, it's it's a good thing for Tommy, but he uh he recently graduated and now since he doesn't really need us anymore, he's out being an adult, you know, like paying his taxes and shaving. He does he doesn't need the podcast anymore. He thinks he's he's better than filming a podcast or recording a podcast. So we have a new guest. Uh Tommy is no longer part of No Time Records. And we got Alex from Lava Sock hey, Records. What's up? I'm so proud to be uh taking over for Out of Time Records. <laughs> we we completely ran out of time now. Yeah. And so um you do live in the Bay Area, so that's gonna be a little difficult with our tape production and eventually when we do shows. But I feel like we can make it work. Yeah, like I we think can make I think I can probably zoom in. <laughs> do a zoom meeting. Yeah. And uh yeah. I do feel that with Tommy gone, that I don't want to say things might be a little better. But I think uh, things will be a lot better. Oh. Well if you if you think so, yeah. I I believe so too. Um what was that? What I miss? Sorry, I was eating dinner before this. Oh, nothing. Oh, nothing, Tommy. We we were just mm. we were just saying how great it is that you graduated. Congratulations! You, already, you didn't you didn't wait for, you didn't wait for me to start the well think you didn't wait for me to start the fucking podcast. No, we we were we're not recording yet. No, it's, we're out. Oh, we're not recording. No, no we're not recording what is it, yet. Why does it say yeah. there's a little icon saying it's recording? That's a, no, that's that's just that's just the chat. We I okay now it's recording. No, so do you want me to do the intro? Yeah, you can good? do the intro. No, no, you could do the intro. We weren't recording any of that. So. You weren't recording any of that? Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Uh, hi, everyone. Welcome to the No Time Records Podcast, Episode 6, featuring special guest Alex Bodkin of Lava Socks, and more importantly, sarcasm fame, but even more importantly, Asian man fame. Woo! You did it. Yeah, I I kinda, ran, I kinda congratulations. Ran, I, ran I ran out of breath. I ran the Asian Man Instagram for approximately 19 hours in Canada once. <laughs> did, you know, you, that is, did you really? Yeah. It was uh, Pooza Fest day one, 2019. That's 19, <laughs> that's 19 more hours than we've ever even been on the... Yeah. In, in Mike, 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 Mike Park's mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So, yeah. How, how, how have you been? How's uh, not touring? Oh, it's it's oh, it's fantastic! Sleeping in your own bed every night, glorious. Not, not spending money. thousands of dollars on Taco Bell and garbage. Oh uh, no! No, I, I miss it. Um, I'm I'm disappointed that many venues that we had booked for the summer run that we had to cancel are struggling and all that. Um, and you know, where the big worry is what's going to be left when and if we can tour but we're holding out we're uh spend some time recording trying to spend some time working on other projects working on ourselves we're also trying to graduate trying to live up to tommy yeah yeah tommy has set the bar so high for everybody in the scene right now i just finished school like that's fucking ridiculous <laughs> like bro i'm 20 i'm fucking what 27 right now and i still haven't finished school like tommy stop you i beat you, you that's funny to me you fucking overachieve you i mean a, it it also doesn't head help start. <laughs> it also doesn't help that i changed my major fucking like three times i'm on my third yeah. major right now i think my favorite my favorite uh thing was uh you just forgot to sign up for classes and you're like well i'm not going to school this semester <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, dude. Well, that was like my the point in my life where I was like, I'm probably gonna finish like school like very early, and then I was like, man, fuck film production. I don't like this at all. Be a neat for like two years. Then there's like a girl that I really liked, and he's like, hey, you should go to school. And I was like, hey, you know what? I should go to school. <laughs> now we're. It, it's funny how many times we've like we've had to cross paths at um we we've we've been like weaving in and out of the same schools with each other for like the last like 7 years. Mm. Yeah. I did not mean to go to Cal State Fullerton. I was actually trying to go to Cal State Long Beach. Yeah, you're trying. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> then you ended up and we had one semester together there and it was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was fun hanging out outside of the library for like 10 minutes. Are you going to miss it, Tommy? Um I was I was thinking, but I was like, man, I do I do kind of miss going to campus. That was it was nice. Uh, it, it was nice like having something to something to do. Like my only worry was like go to school, right? Like that was that was like my whatever happens, I can lose an arm. I gotta go to school, you know? Yeah. Like that was my reason to wake up and reason to do stuff. And it was it was. Um, I also liked having the excuse of like, nah, I got class. <laughs> I, now you can't use that excuse anymore. I can't use that. I can't. I can't use uh, school as my like crutch anymore. I actually have to. It's. It's. Um, you have to come up with something now. Yeah. I. Uh, school was. It was. It's. It's weird being a full time student, but then also working and then also running a record label. Yeah. And then you like you talked. I talked to like other students and they're like, yeah, we're we're gonna go drinking. I was like, you want to go hang out? I was like, nah, I got a show. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta dip out of class early to go set up a PA at this at the skate shop. At a fucking the at a fucking skate shop. Let me know what I miss. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was that that was always my favorite my favorite part because we were so close to program that it was just like I can just go to a show right now. Have you okay? But have you ever done that? Like immediately after you get off the uh, one that we're not hosting or one that we're not playing? Yeah, the one that comes to mind is I went and saw um. Daggermouth and oh, you son of a bitch! I wanted to go to that show. I went to Daggermouth and I forgot who they were with, but I saw it was the first time I ever saw Stay Wild. Was, no, it was um we're no uh 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 we're the union with oh fucking direct hit yeah direct hit yeah I, I remember finishing I, I, I like, oh, actually uh, yeah actually I it wasn't Daggermouth because we were on tour when Daggermouth was playing and I really wanted to see Daggermouth. I um no we um. I feel like failed an exam. I was like, no, nah, I'm gonna go see Direct Hit right now. And that was that was a good show. But yeah, it was it was uh it was just nice being <laughs> there was times where uh we would have to play last because you had a class until like ten. Oh vice yeah, versa. Right. Yeah. But, uh, the, the good old days. Also it was just like having to go up to Fullerton like for school every day gave me an excuse to go to program every day. Yeah. Um, which was always a lot of fun, and I, I feel bad. I mean, obviously we can't go up there right now because of uh, COVID, but I do, I do miss hanging out up there and, and talking to Kenny and Chris. And, you, you, you like, haven't, you haven't gone at all. I haven't gone. I have, I have not. I, the oh first my time, god! The first I, time I, I've, the first time I've left uh, Southern Orange County was to go up to a uh, band practice. Really? Yeah, that was the first time since uh, lockdown. Holy crap! You're doing a lot better than me, dude. I fucking. I fucking want to program a couple times just to hang out. I'd like to, I'd like to go. I, Kenny would call me and he'd be like, hey, sit outside the door. We'll talk. And I'm like, we're on the phone right now. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're fucking characters. Let's get Kenny on the podcast. That's, that's... We got to get Kenny on. 
we gotta get Kenny and Chris. What about what about you, Alex? How are you holding out on this whole like quarantine? Uh, it's not been great. Um, I don't know. I've it's been pretty okay. I I don't miss commuting to San Francisco every day. Um, so school has been a lot better in that regard. I oh, yeah. I don't see anyone, but my band and my parents really though, and yeah, I don't think so I really talk to anyone beyond i don't know how most people are doing i don't know if they all still live here or not anymore (laughs) that's my my fear is i'm gonna like come out of this and it's gonna be the bay area is gonna have just nobody that i know anymore it'll just be like oh well yeah they all i mean it can't be as worse as it is here in orange county because here in orange county we have like a huge uh we we pretty much are the center of the anti-mask movement Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, we uh, we definitely, at least on that front, in the immediate kind of Berkeley Bay Area, everyone's been really good about the health stuff. Oh, and, great. Yeah, the county that I live in, uh, Contra Costa, is, I mean, it's low-ish. It's still high. We have like 4,000 or 5,000 cases, but it's not horrible compared to a lot of counties. Yeah. And so we've been, I've been fine around here and, um, I, you know, it's, I'd, it's just a bunch of like nice old people that live in my neighborhood, so they're pretty cool. Uh, we currently have thirty six thousand confirmed cases. Oh God, yeah, just in Orange County. Yeah, people. just in Orange County alone. <laughs> yeah, um, with with uh, I was forgot what news station, but it was they were speaking to I think the governor of San Francisco or official of San Francisco, and they were saying that they they believe their response was so was so good to uh. uh the whole COVID uh, lockdown due to that they they were had experience dealing with uh, the AIDS epidemic in I believe the eighties was that yeah. earlier yeah I th- I think eighty yeah eighties I think that is part of it yeah we had a lot of preparedness and I know with us our lockdown started pretty quick because of a bunch of cruise ships that arrived I think yeah. late February that all had coronavirus oh yeah I remember that and uh. I, I haven't antibody tests are still pretty uncommon, but my band and I all got this weird like three and a half week very intense cold type thing right at the beginning oh, of no. March. And so we're not sure. We think we all had it, but we don't we don't totally know. Holy but, shit. Yeah, something like that I think happened. So Well well around the time that it it was uh, getting very serious, it was uh, allergy season. And I get really bad, like, seasonal allergies because of the whole pollen. And around, like, March and April, like, I was sneezing a lot and my eyes were really runny. And I remember telling – uh, because that's when uh, schools weren't closed yet, like, when I was getting it. And I kept telling my uh, – the teacher that I work with, like, no, I don't have it. I, oh, it's just my allergies, I swear. Like, I could go get tested and everything. It's just my allergies. That's why I'm sneezing so much. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's the big thing is especially up here and yeah, it's also horrible allergies all around. Oh yeah, so, on top of that. Yeah. That that's why I don't think I could live up in the in like in Northern California because my girlfriend's parents live up there too. They live up in uh Sebastopol. But uh and I recently went to go visit with them and holy shit, dude. I I just nature fucking hates me like (laughs) nature and cats they fucking they're i don't know what it is but for some reason not tommy's cats tommy's cats 
fu- I'm perf- perfectly fine. Like I could survive in Tommy's house and not die. I went to uh, Kayla's brother's house. Holy shit! I was a I was dying. Like I I I just couldn't. I couldn't exist in next to just one cat. Oh jeez. What's funny is my mom is like really allergic to cats. She's like, nah, you know what? We're gonna get three. <laughs> I was like, I don't. She's like, I'll just take Benadryl forever. And I was like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> Dude, fucking, I took Benadryl. Okay, I, I was at work. I had bad allergies, like usual, and I took a Benadryl. I was falling asleep in my chair. And I'll, dude, like, that shit literally knocks me out. And when I when I need to sleep and I can't, I take a Benadryl. That shit knocks me out so quick. I uh, I don't know if I get allergies or if I'm just, like, stubborn enough to be like, no, I'm not sick. <laughs> <laughs> Do you take any medicine? No, I don't take anything. <laughs> I'll take, I'll, take, I'll, take, I'll, take, I'll take I'll take like uh, Advil if like I can't feel my arm, but like, <laughs> I, I get weird. I get weird like nervy arm pains every once in a while, and I'll be like, maybe I should take it. But generally, no, I don't. I don't take anything. So, and with that, we're gonna go off to the news. So, uh, this congresswoman named uh, Linda T. Sanchez, who is a California Democrat, which is our state, and she's actually based in Los Angeles, like her district is an LA district. She introduced a bill to help independent music makers through a tax code chain. So pretty much what it is is that you could get a up to $150,000 written off in your taxes for studio expenses, like studio rental fees, studio equipment, staff costs, studio musicians, and electricity. And uh, mainly this is to help like independent artists and I personally would like this to pass. I don't think it really um, pertains to no time because we're, um, not, we're not a for-profit label. No, and we also don't. Um, now, if it was, if it was um, write-offs for uh, production of physical media, yes. But since we don't record anyone, I don't really believe this will pertain to no time. It will pertain to us as a band because we rent a studio to practice. Yeah, and we can get like a certain write-off on that. But uh, we can buy gear. Honestly, I don't think this is gonna pass. I don't think so either. I do just... not think this is gonna pass at all. Um, yeah, there's no way. It it up to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I mean, I can't even think what artist would be spending that much that kind of money. That aren't going to be these major a year. Giant, yeah, that's insane. Yeah, yeah. Guess, there's no, there's no way it'll happen. Like it would be nice. Uh, so uh, the CEO of the Recording Academy, who is uh, who's someone that's like kind of pushing for this, he did say that it will inspire new music and create opportunities for many of the vulnerable professions in our professionals in our community to preserve during these uncertain times and that it is a bit interesting to me because i kind of feel like musicians and people that create art like for tv and movies and music especially we're kind of not thought of does that make sense especially now during the pandemic like there was a uh there was a poll that i saw that uh which uh craft is less needed or not necessary and artists was like the top i think it was like 46 percent of people polled 
said that artists and like creators, like musicians and all that are not necessary. Which, which I hate about it because it's like, if you literally, everything is art. We're, everything. we're, we're using discord right now. Someone, a UI designer had to have taken some sort of art class to, to, um, figure out what would be the best possible way to to make this layout perfect you look at your phone ui design that's all art you look at logos graphics paint whatever it's just it, i hate i hate people thinking like oh art is so unnecessary and it's like you realize like it's absolutely everywhere yeah especially like since we're all stuck inside all we're doing is watching a tv show on a screen yes. how is that not like art that that tv show employs a lot of people it's such a it's such a like generic like or like what's the one i'm looking for it's such a like a surface level like oh you're wasting your money at college you know type argument or whatever you know yeah and it's it's good that you uh sent the article about spotify because i was actually going to bring this up as well because i think a big thing about this bill is most musicians don't really make the money from recording and uh album sales anymore anyway and the other bill that was introduced <clears throat> you know about saving venues and stages and that kind of stuff is a lot more important i think than getting some tax write-off because even with this like for you know if you get a tax write-off of up you know you're still gonna have to spend all that money up front and yeah it's not benefiting it's not giving grants to artists it's it's kind of like on the outside sounds really good but yeah it's not acknowledging like the expenses and what goes into the process of even just yeah. getting to the recording studio and yeah this whole thing the spotify ceo said of like oh you have to record more than three to four years and i don't know that was such garbage Fans uh, are released like a single every month and don't make money from Spotify. Yeah, also it's, I it's... feel I feel like he was directly targeting the Insomniac Collective. <laughs> 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 but it's you know it's it's back in the day bands could just write come out with an album every four years. You know they didn't even need to tour or even play festivals. Like they could just write music and you know they could literally make their money selling selling records. And that's just not the case anymore. And and it's a lot of a lot of good records you know there's time that goes into them they're not shitting one out every year it's not a video game you know yeah exactly but like even if we can't like let's say we record like a, a sick ass album like we still can't play shows and unfortunately frank turner kind of learned the hard way oh god <laughs> yeah he uh so in the we did talk about this i think i don't remember which episode of the podcast but i think it was the shows that got canceled remember that i sent you the concept art tommy yeah for the, uh, how to the how outdoor, to get yeah the outdoor the outdoor shores yeah so um the uk is actually so the united kingdom i don't exactly know how their numbers are in covid cases i feel like it's smaller they they were they were like pretty bad like us i Okay, so they are going down. All right, so in the UK, COVID cases are going down. And so they're actually allowed to do uh, more stuff. And actually, I think it was Warner Brothers. They, uh, rem you, you remember Christopher Nolan? Inception? 
Oh yeah. Yeah, that dude. So he has a new movie coming out called Tenant. And uh Warner Brothers is releasing that movie literally everywhere except the United States because our numbers aren't going down. Yeah, so uh hey, oh my god, I'm so mad at myself. I looked up so I looked up the UK cases and then I looked up the US cases and I see that it just shot back up. Oh god. Yeah, great. So uh so the UK, they're going ahead with everything. And uh Frank Turner, he who's like a he's he people call him a folk punk artist, but he's just pretty much like a folk artist with a punk edge. He recently uh did a show and it was kind of like a test show more than anything because the UK does have a five-stage plan on returning live performances. This was a test. Uh they held an indoor show that at 20% capacity, the only 200 people were allowed. And all right, this is this is a quote from him. So the grand, which is the name of the venue, was less than 20% of capacity. But Ali had to double the number of staff working to meet all the god the guidelines. There was no talent spend. He didn't get paid. There was no advertising spent. The show sold out pretty much uh, immediately, and yet it still lost money. So even so Frank, so so, Frank Turner did not get paid. He did not get paid. There was uh, no advertising spent, but he they did sell out. Granted, it's only two hundred people were allowed, and to just keep everything running they had to double the staff numbers of the actual venue and by doubling the staff numbers you're in, you're uh, exposing more people to covid yes so this was an entire failure they lost money out of all of this and they put more people at risk frank turner the only person to sell out an entire show and still fail <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, Holy I, shit. I, um, yeah, I, I don't, I mean, I kind of get that Frank Turner, it seems like from what he said in the article, they knew this wouldn't really work and he did it kind of sh- to prove it, but it's just interesting that they would even want to try this at all if you're going to lose that much money. And then the rule I remember of something about how the audience couldn't sing or talk that loudly just to avoid, you know, spit going anywhere. Yeah. And it's just like, you're basically going to, it's why not watch at home? Why not just stream it? Why not do all yeah. that? Yeah. You're losing it's already, it's, it's already a, 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 a hollow shell of what a show is. It's like, is it really any worse if you just sit on your couch or sit at your computer and watch it? I'll just say that, like, and Frank Turner's a solo artist. What if you have, like, a 10-piece band plus crew plus all that? It's, like, how... It, it's just so unrealistic. I don't even know why they needed to attempt to have the show when it's, like, a simple math game. Of We can only have this many people. It would cost this many people to run it. This is how much money we'd have to sell a ticket to break even. This is not going to happen. Yeah, it's not going to work. And I feel the, the only people that are so against live streaming shows are... I hate to use this word, but I I recently heard it and I was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to use that. Boomer punks. Boomer (laughs) punks are so against just live streaming, which kind of makes sense because it's that whole like old crowd versus younger crowd dynamic that I understand. And especially like older people are kind of resistant uh, towards um, technology. And I understand. But if you literally just wait a bit, just... Give it a sec. Let the numbers go down. We could all go back. 
I was like, I'm not a huge, I've never been a huge fan of live streaming in general, uh, at least for music, because of, um, unless it had a lot of money behind it, uh, it doesn't sound very good. And also most, yeah. uh, most live streams I had watched is just like solo acoustic versions of band. And I'm like, I not, I don't need to watch this, but, uh, <laughs> if, if I, with bands, a uh, couple of them figure out, you know, if we stand this far apart in our, our space and, you know, we're not. Uh, on top of each other then yeah we can do a full band thing um or if like it's an you know it's an acoustic act to begin with it's like yeah it actually sounds pretty good so it's it's plus if if you're doing it live you could still have that interaction with the audience if you're like reading chat and you can take requests and you know talk to people and, and all that so that's that that aspect is still there which is really nice alex didn't didn't you guys do uh a live yeah. stream We've done we've done a couple. The the one that we did for Gilman most recently, we took advantage by going to Gilman, uh, filmed in Gilman, fully mic'd, and then mixed everything before yeah. we put it out, which helped a lot and definitely made it not only like listenable but seem more like a real show. Also, because not everything was just blasting at you through amps. It yeah, like thought out and stuff. Mr. Posca did actually tell us to do that exact same thing. Like, don't just live stream us, record ourselves, mix it, master it, and then put it out as a live stream. Yeah. Which that so is, then, uh, that is smart. So then you can so then you can do a live tape. Yeah. And hey, you know <laughs> what? You could also put it on a uh on a playlist. Oh no. Wow. And that maybe that you could listen to it while you're on tour. And maybe you could be uh, taken back Sunday. Yes, exactly. So, you guys want to see the most non-news ever? Yeah, here's <laughs> Taking Back Sunday shared a playlist of music they listen to on fucking tour. Who cares? Yeah, this, this, this is this is like this is a hundred. Yes, the music's awful too. On top of that, playlist is trash. But this is also like just clearly. Um, oh, there's a Beatles song. Ugh. This is like clearly like their publishers like their publicist is like, hey man, can you do this for me? <laughs> What do you got? Well, please. No, one's, talk about, no one's talking about taking back Sunday in four weeks. Someone needs to write about us. <laughs> Dave Matthews Band, stop. <laughs> what is this? Do you okay? Do they actually listen to only thirty-eight songs on their entire fucking? That's, that's like a, Oh man, that's like half one drive. Maybe <laughs> we're done. I. I I could. Oh, you think they're like, hey guys, I got the I got the perfect mix, and then just puts this on. Fuck, enter Sandman Metallica. Oh, Walk. Dude. Oh god. <laughs> pan Pan Terror, brother. It's like they they went to each artist and like you know the number one most played on Spotify and was like, oh yeah, that's good. Yeah, hypnotize <laughs> Notorious B.I.G. That's literally his worst fucking song. Granted, better Oblivion Community uh, Center. I was like, what's their la- what's the last word? Yeah. That they're fucking tight. They're fucking yeah, they're sick. Cool. They're super cool. And there's a a semi obscure modest mouse song. So that's I like that they picked new Dave Matthews, the newest album. <laughs> I also picked like a, the one of the newer Nicki Minaj songs, and I'm like, when did you guys tour? When this was you just <laughs> make this up. <laughs> also, I misread Pulp as Pup. And I was about to give them some credit. <laughs> Just but oh, then yeah. I saw the L and I was and it's not all capital. And I was like, ah, oh, y'all lost me. 
So, Alex, when you guys are, what do you listen to on tour in the uh, van? Pretty, like, yeah. like, we each have our own. I'll, like, okay, I'll think through, like, each, all three of us. And, like, when Mari's driving, it's, like, oh, there's, like, three. There's, like, the entire street, like, discography <laughs> is, right. is one of the main ones. Uh, <laughs> the entire... Like a lot, of, you know, we'll all listen to a lot of Green Day albums. Uh, yeah. We listen to My Favorite Murder a lot, uh, a lot of podcasts, that kind of stuff. I'm I'm the worst because I I have this oh god I have this one Dave Matthews Band live album, <laughs> that's like three and a half hours and is like weirdly great for driving. Because it just has this kind of like ebb and flow of like high and low quiet moments and stuff. And man, I think I've listened to that on every tour. <laughs> it like keeps your brain like active and like not yeah. letting it goes off. Yeah. So do yeah. you have the rule? Do you have the rule of whoever's driving controls the music? Yes. Okay, that's how that's how we are too. Yeah. Uh yeah. Fern, what's your what's your go-to uh I we're all over the place. I, I really don't think we have um you it'll be you'll play a lot of um um I don't know the the term but you play a lot of like Japanese music but it's like Japanese pop. Yeah, cuz the thing is like yeah, I it's I not J-pop, it's like it's city class? pop. It's called city, city pop. Okay, yeah. yeah. And uh I think uh uh Scott Ian from Anthrax said it best cuz like he when he was uh still in like Anthrax in the 80s, like you know Anthrax, they're fucking straight up thrash metal. Like they're really damn good too. But uh, whenever he'd stop playing, he'd always like listen to like Madonna and just like straight up bubblegum pop. And somebody called him out and was like, why do you listen to that? And he said, I'm in a thrash metal band. I don't want to listen to thrash metal. <laughs> and I feel like I'm like that too. Like I'm, a, I'm in a pretty much a grindcore band. I don't want to listen to grindcore. Like, like I, I want to listen to other stuff. It's funny is on the on the tours. It's like if we're an insomnia collective, like no, absolutely no folk punk gets played. It's a corrupt vision tour, like no grind and no ska. Like, dude, I play it every day. I don't need to listen yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I think I think a go to for us is always a stand up comedy. Oh yeah, we listen we to love, a lot. Yeah, we love stand up on tour. It's because it's it it also it it adds um. That and uh, or Fern will throw on a. a <laughs> I feel like you're like you feel like you're like the dad driving us, and you put on a YouTube video, and you, <laughs> you you prop your phone up so that everyone in the back can see it too, and like we'll watch like either conspiracy shit, we'll watch um like uh, movie reviews and stuff, but it, it's cool because it adds like inside jokes to your tour. Yeah, yeah, we we have some in like we have this inside joke of like whoever can figure out the best way to transition between a song and the Thomas the Tank Engine theme. <laughs> and there, there's, like, a whole Twitter account, I think, called, like, what? how many times has Alex played Thomas the Tank Engine on tour? What? And, Is this uh, real? Yeah, because I, I try to do it, like, at least once every couple days. Um, we also listen to this, the Ataris have a cover of that Boys of Summer song, which is is horrible, but we play it beginning of every drive like our oh that ritual that reminds that reminds me of the insomnia collective tour where uh we didn't consider it the next day until we heard uh the song fuck ugly god by the rapper ugly god oh yeah <laughs> which was this which was his diss track against himself um 
and we so like if we woke like if we went to bed on Sunday, we woke up. We it would not be Monday until we listened to the song. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's how we. That was how we timed out the tour. <laughs> Uh, and then there was uh, when uh, we were on tour with the uh, anti-sheeple movement, and uh, when Mario was not in the car, like uh, he met up with a friend halfway through, and uh, they were driving him for a couple days. We um, we would call him, and put our phone up to the speaker, and then we would see him in the car in front of us, like turning up. <laughs> that is, okay, that is a hundred percent true. Like it could That's be it. noon, and our day—it's officially not the next day until we listen to that fucking song. We it was funny as we didn't listen to it again. It was only the beginning of the day. It never, we never played it again. It was only the beginning yeah. of the day. Yeah. Like as, oh like God. as soon as we get in the car, it's like, all right, fuck ugly God. What fuck <laughs> ugly God? <laughs> oh fuck! Remember shows? God, that was, those were fun times. I think I, I, people, I think, feel that touring, like if you're not in a band, is probably like this amazing adventure. And it is in some aspect, but I I don't people I don't think people realize it's mostly driving. It's mostly just sitting that, in a car. There's that meme that's like you must see so many amazing places on tour with the photo <laughs> of like the bathroom, the gas station, the restaurant. <laughs> it's a fucking it's a it's a um, travel America. Yeah, bad, bad. Uh, a McDonald's. <laughs> it's literally nothing, and then like a cactus. Yep. <laughs> hey, we 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 talk shit like this, but okay. Uh, the most recent tour, we did visit the very first Del Taco. That was a fucking pilgrimage for me. That was so <laughs> exciting. And I was like, dude, it's the first Del Taco. I went in literally like every single other Del Taco <laughs> I have ever visited. But I was so fucking stoked because what was it? The Barstow Burger? They had a, they had a, they had a sandwich that was, it was, it was just the, think of it, it was the taco meat. It was if they oh, it was literally called the bun burger. No, fuck. It was called the taco. No, the bun taco. So it was literally just like a, a, a taco belt or a del taco taco, but it was just on a bun. Oh my god. That's all it was. And it fell apart like a motherfucker. It was like eating yeah, a sloppy it, no, joe. It was literally like a sloppy joe. Now I gotta fucking look at oh yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah, it's just a fuck it's just the meat. It's just it's literally just, a sloppy fucking joe. Funny. It's literally here, I'll take a I'll put a put. Which is funny because any other Del Taco can make that because every other Del Taco has burger buns already, but it's only available at this bar store location. That's how they fucking trick you, dude. They fu- they've- <laughs> I thought I was like, ooh, dude, it's going to be exciting. No, it's not. They had, a, they had the Barstow Taco, which was just uh, the same thing as a regular Del Taco. Then they, yeah, they just put a slice of tomato <laughs> on it on top. They don't try to dice it up just one tiny tomato on top. <laughs> And I got both of those. That taco is the laziest fucking thing. <laughs> it doesn't even. That looks like that, that. looks like that looks like they made it and went. Oh fuck, we didn't have tomato. Oh shit! Here you go. Here you go. Here you go, friend. This is what you... That's the. That was the. They made a taco once, and the uh, the person originally said, "Oh, I don't want any tomato on it." And then right before, it's like they pull up to the drive thing, like, "Ooh, actually." <laughs> Yeah, this is this is our god. This is what I got. This is what I was fucking excited for. Oh fuck! Then the, I was also told that all the prices were cheap. But that not, was not true. no, not at all. Because they, again, they fucking trick you. It's the first Del Taco you walk in. I was like, is this the Del Taco in Mission Viejo? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs>
Alex, do you, when you when you go to Las Vegas, do you get excited about buffets or is it just us? I do. Well, man, I don't think I've I've got excited. I went to Vegas with two of my friends for my 21st birthday. And then I was so excited about buffets. <laughs> All I went to was buffets. When we did yeah. our tour there. Oh, man, I don't even know. what we Like we played a tiki bar once and I think we were too depressed. Oh, man, actually, this is a good pseudo story. We were we were on tour of pseudo. We played this tiki bar. For like, you know, 10 drunk white 40 year old women. <laughs> Uh, playing slots yeah. at the bar and Stevie and uh, Mikhail, the drummer of Pseudo, had to go around with a bucket to ask people for money. Oh. And that was our pay. I think we got like some quarters. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but You would hope in Vegas people are a lot more, yeah, here you yeah, go. No, they, were just no like, they, they, eh, they need that yeah. money. Yeah. They need the money to gamble. But we went to, we, we've got, we like always end up at like a weird supermarket and I remember Liam uh, the bassist at the time just like would only buy like just liver no seasoning no nothing pseudo pseudo, you... yeah just liver like a yeah. can of liver would just boil it and so that that was what he ate. that's what that was his meal in vegas and that's the meal that stands out for vegas for me <laughs> just a fucking i'm so what? sorry just a can of liver <laughs> yeah what would he like get a pot of water boiling put the cannon and then open the can and eat it or would he take it, out, take of it out of the can and put it in the water so you know how like some bands who are like vegan they bring like their own food and they always ask like the host hey can we use your kitchen real quick did he do that i think we were in an airbnb oh so, so no we're... Oh. yeah <laughs> and then the host goes yeah you can you're heating up what popcorn or something and then the whole house just goes like over <laughs> It smells like something died in here. I've I've, I've never did. had I've I've never had liver because I've that just that one episode of King of the Hill where Bobby Hill gets gout. That I uh, that scared me for life. Oh my god, scared me for life. I can't do uh, it. It's it's really fatty, right? It's really fatty and salty. I don't know. I've never had liver. You're asking you the wrong guy. The <laughs> I, don't, I, don't yeah, I have no idea. I think Alex is the. Alex is the closest. Who's our, he's he's the closest of all of us who've ever touched. Hold on, yeah, I, I, smelled, I think I it smelled like that, <laughs> like salty. The closest person has ever touched a liver. <laughs> yeah, he's the closest of all three of us. He's, he's, the closest he's been in the same room as liver. Hold up, I yeah. think. Hold up, I think I know somebody who's who's probably had liver once. Hold up, Kayla, have you ever had liver? How is it? She said it. It's fine. It's like meat without any fat in it. Ew. Oh, I was oh, wrong. God. So it would just taste like nothing. Ew. Like well, meat, she, like she said it was so... fresh and not canned. Oh, okay. So, no, it's probably, no, probably I, I, different I... than what your friend had. Wait, wait, hold up, hold up. Since we're talking about canned food, hold hold up, hold up, hold up. Alex, you get you get to see all the secrets that we could that we actually edit our podcast. Okay, what about <laughs> this? Would you ever eat this? Is that the what? Oh, is that the burger in a can? Yes. Oh my god. So it has like everything. It's it's just. I think it's just the bun and the burger, right? Uh, here's a. <laughs> All right, here's I found an article from the OC Weekly, and the 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 headline is 
uh, this trekking burger is a war crime against burgers. <laughs> and here's a picture of it. Okay. Tommy, you know you know this couch. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you know this couch. I know that couch. Yeah, that's tour food right there, man. That's there was that reminds me of um oh first couple tours we ever went on, and we just we would bring food. We yeah. were camping, and then, it, <laughs> and, then it, and then it got it, the the more tours we went on, the less food we would initially bring. Like I remember the first tours we were going on, we would bring food for the entire like four days. <laughs> I remember one tour. I bought. I brought ten cans of Chef Boyardee. <laughs> I never heated them up. I just opened them and ate it. It's it's like there's no supermarkets in Arizona, yeah, right? They like, don't exist. They just burn yeah. up. Like they don't from the heat. <laughs> and I, got to, I think we all just like made the realization at the same time of like we can go buy anything we want at any time. We're yeah. still in civilization. <laughs> like we're we only, we're only driving for like three hours at McNavy. <laughs> like we're not like fucking. <laughs> In the woods. Yeah, so it was like it went from like taking like full like meals, like loaves of bread, like have a needing needing a cooler to like and then it was like, oh we'll just bring a bunch of snacks. And even it got to the point where it's like maybe I'll bring like a bag of nuts for like the first trip, but then I'll just buy stuff when we're up there. Like I don't need to bring like ten pounds of trail mix right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's fucking crazy. Like all right, Alex, what's the worst thing y'all brought on tour? Oh god. I th- okay, oh. for for okay, real quick for High tension. I think bringing milk <laughs> was oh. awful. Yes, bad funny and idea. And bananas. Oh, yeah, a, whole, a bunch of bananas. No, it, fresh fruit is what Wesley called it. <laughs> fresh fruit. He's like, we okay. We were going to New Mexico. Just we're just driving to New Mexico, and then my guitarist at the time for high tension, Wesley, he brought fruit. <laughs> just fucking fruit. And he just called, and we were like, dude, just throw it away. It's like, no, it's fresh fruit. We can't throw God, it away. <laughs> oh, oh man. Because we brought it. Oh, God. We brought a cooler last summer. God, I can't even. I think someone brought, like, oh, was it like a giant tub of yogurt? <laughs> something like that. Or like Why? something, something like that, that we managed to, like, spill in the cooler. Oh, oh, that's how this tour is going. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Oh god. Uh, that's so fucking funny. Yeah, because it's it's just like Oh god. Yeah, it's it it I think we've narrowed narrowed it down a little bit. Yeah, now we're just doing like dry goods and stuff, but it's it's like every two it's like a learning experience it's like what do you it's like when people ask like what do you need to do to be in a band it's like just just fuck up a lot it's just yeah. a little shit you know oh fuck For, fucking yogurt got, and fresh fruit holy shit we got we got now it's it, i think like classic like tour road snacks for us is like uh this is the case a case of soda cans Usually, always a diet Dr Pepper or a a store brand diet Dr Pepper or Dr Pepper. We'll have like we'll have like Dr Skipper or whatever, whatever, we'll have, whatever, whatever grocery chain is in that area. We will get their store brand Dr Pepper, and then we'll have that for a couple of days, and then we'll. Um, other than that, yeah, I think everyone just kind of just buy food on the road, and you keep it dry. A lot of uh, Slim Jims and and jerky oh moises loves jerky oh yeah he our guitar is fucking hella jerky 
remember that, remember that uh the Corrupt Vision Fun Abuse tour and I brought I brought like like two pounds of like fresh jerky. Yeah. That was that shit was so good. We I my my stepdad knew a guy who, who made like fresh jerky with like somewhat nice cuts of meat, which is kinda dumb. You're kind of just supposed to make jerky with like shitty beef because like it's you're drying it out. You, you lose all all the fattiness of it. So you just it's really whatever you season it with. But it was it was really good jerky because of that. And um, uh, it was like it was like a salsa verde flavor. And uh, I think we destroyed like the bag in like two days. Yeah, I, just, I, like, I remember that. Every I remember every that. stop, I was like, hey, who wants some jerky? Yeah, that stuff was good. I remember that. Man, I have photo. A, a photo of the worst thing we ate on tour, which was the most recent tour. I'll send it really quick. Yeah, lay it on me. God, I think this was had to have been in Texas. There's no way it wasn't Texas. So is this your worst food tour? Your worst tour food? Oh my yeah. god, what is what? that? It's uh, it? flaming hot Cheetos with nacho cheese. That's it. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, just, I I just I just see the runs in that picture. That's all I, I see. <laughs> oh man, hey, you know what? It maybe it'd be hitting different. I don't know, dude. I mean, it was good, but it it yeah, I think it was like good, and then regret of you know two days like because it's like you're eating hot Cheetos, which are already pretty spicy. But you have them covered in cheese, so that's like taking away from it. But that doesn't matter to your stomach. Yeah. And <laughs> are are you guys, are, Alex? Are you like me on tour where you do not use the bathroom? <laughs> what? Like like ever? I don't, or I I, I this will. This is I new will, to me. I will I will pee every second I can, but I cannot do anything else for like four days straight. I don't shit on tour. <laughs> No, I don't. I don't think I am. I think we. I think we stop pretty frequently. Like on drives, we'll stop like one or once or twice. Typically, because everyone kind of has. I I I I say that I I pee absolutely the most on on the road. It's, <laughs> oh it's yeah, awful. it's yes. awful. But when it when it comes to any anything else bathroom related, I do not shit. It's awful. <laughs> Is that like on purpose drink. or? No, I think it's like nerves. I think it's just I think it's just driving and 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 just um um I'm not comfortable in a lot of the bathrooms. Where you, I mean, it, it it'll eventually happen, but it may be like two or three days. <laughs> oh my god! Like it's funny. It's like I'll you know we'll you see how much we eat on tour. It's like I'm <laughs> drinking coffee every morning or like rock stars, and I'm like it's just brewing in there, <laughs> fermenting. <laughs> Just, but it's, it's gonna look it's like, like this, just, it's gonna look like this fucking trekking burger right here. <laughs> it's gonna look, it's gonna look like uh, the trekking burger and the uh, and the and the nacho hot Frito. <laughs> so, uh, Senor Pasca actually listens to this podcast. You know he's gonna fucking roast you when he hears oh, he this is. section. Do we have any? Uh, do we have any gross food tour stories? Ah, oh, jeez, no. But there's a lot of spaghetti. I can tell you that. <laughs> oh my god, there's a lot oh, of spaghetti on tour. Like. It's, Whatever was, uh, we played. No, go ahead. Was, go was ahead. I say when we played that uh uh BCRC, I think I Black Butte Railroad. Yeah, Black Company. Butte in uh, Weed California. Weed California, and they made spaghetti for all of us. And then uh, no, we didn't take it with us. They offered it, and we went nah. And then we were driving, and we're like, damn, we could go for some spaghetti right now. <laughs> 
a whole ass pot. Well, the thing with the spaghetti is that it's so cheap to make. It's vegan, so you're not like alienating anybody. And it's a lot. It's a lot of food. That's why when I, I'm 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 glad that when you have guests, Tommy, you do not make them spaghetti. Cause like that that's like the food that like everybody eats on tour. Fucking spaghetti. Fern, I fully if it's if I so if I'm feeding a two piece, like if like a two piece is staying at the house, we might swing through Del Taco on the way home. No, it's spaghetti. No, you no. If it's like if I'm feeding you made two chicken bands, tenders last time. What did I make chicken tenders for? Uh well, sarcasm. Last year. No, sarcasm uh, we uh, no time, we made, for fun fest? Okay, no time for fun fest. I splurged because it was all it was like that was a big party, but normally it's just I just make spaghetti. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's every reason you said is the same reason I make spaghetti. My man, you it, just graduated it, college. What happened? <laughs> what happened to higher education? I can feed, I can feed like eight I can feed eight people for like four dollars. <laughs> you can you can make it a lot cheaper if you go to the Dollar Tree too. Yeah, because like a box of spaghetti is like a dollar and then a jar of sauce is like two bucks. Two of those, and you could feed like a whole band. I mean, that's what I fed. Uh, I fed Stress Ghetto that, uh, or sometimes I'll do pizza if I want pizza. I'll no, get uh, only I'll, if I'll... you want pizza. What if the guest <laughs> wants pizza? Well, the issue with pizza is because it's not vegan, it's hard to get vegan pizza that's not oh, extremely expensive. Damn, it's almost but... like spaghetti is the answer. Yeah, no, spaghetti is the perfect. Like, so uh, I'll text the bands, I'll go, Hey vegan allergies whatever and if there's if it's like more than half vegans it's automatically spaghetti if it's like one or two vegans it's spaghetti and then pizza oh my god that that's I'm, oh man that, that's a fucking tweet right there <laughs> i'm a i'm a I'm the ratio of uh what what meal i cook for bands uh but if it's if it's like we're if we're hosting like a solo person or like a uh you know a party of like two people then i'll probably actually like go through like an in and out or like a del taco for them but uh if I have to feed a lot of people in like an hour. It's usually always just spaghetti. Are you make are you making spaghetti? What about what about fettuccine like Alfredo? No, that has cheese in it, doesn't it? That's the issue. Yeah, that's what with oh, red sauce geez. is always. Get a garlicky red sauce, you're good. And then uh, it, I can just serve cheese with it on the side. Um, Damn. Here's 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 the thing. I don't even like spaghetti. <laughs> I, I I'm I don't I don't pasta's fine for me. I don't like spaghetti. I like other cuts of noodles, but I'm not a big spaghetti fan. Oh my god, you've talked for some about spaghetti for five minutes and neither <laughs> of you like it? I like no. pasta. No, I don't, like, I don't like spaghetti. I hate spaghetti. No, I'll, I'll, eat it. I'll eat it if, it if we were on tour. I'll eat it if we're on tour, but I, I, will, not, I will not make spaghetti. No, are you I, talking I spaghetti, agree. the Spaghetti's noodles, the or are you talking about pasta? Spaghetti's the, the worst pasta. Pa the rest, yes, I agree. Yeah. I agree. It doesn't hold sauce. Yeah, it's just like it's water it's resistant. It's wet. It's wet, and it hold. It doesn't hold sauce. And I'm like, this sucks. Oh, spaghetti's fuck. good if you're like going to like an authentic Italian restaurant, check your tablecloth, and you get a giant meatball with it. Other than that, just use penne. <laughs> nah, dude, I can't. I can't even. No, I hate spaghetti. No, I never make spaghetti. It's always literally it's any other type, any other cut of pasta. Ah, uh, is that so? I, love, I think I love fettuccine and, and uh, penne. Dude, my mom makes a fucking mean ass fettuccine Alfredo. Oh, dude, I love fettuccine. That shit is so good. Alex, what's your favorite type of pasta? Oh, That's man. such a weird question. <laughs> favorite dish. What is the favorite dish? Is the is the like spiral one like fusilli or whatever? 
one, I think so. That one's good. I like fettuccine a lot. I'm yeah. I keep every time we're on tour, I keep pitching to the band that like doing pasta with lasagna noodles is the best idea. Like every time we'll stay somewhere of just like, hey, let's just buy like lasagna noodles, but then just make pasta. Like the really long sheets? Yeah. <laughs> and what's your okay, Alex, what's your reasoning for that? You just I, do you just want a do you just want a big bite? Is that all you yeah, want? I feel like you just get the most bulk for what you what you want. <laughs> it's by weight! You can see how much the package weighs. Yeah, yeah but get the, the substantialness of the lasagna. <laughs> I think well, the thing with the lasagna is you're not supposed to cook it like that. It's supposed to be a little al dente. Yeah, but we've yeah. never. But that's because no one's tried yet. <laughs> We're not adventurers. That's why. Yeah, this is unexplored territory. Dude, okay. This let, let's let's see Michelle Obama talk about fucking making lasagna pasta on her podcast. I feel like I, feel like I need to make a video about this now. A fucking a whole sheet of lasagna. <laughs> Dude, this is this is for Alex. Maybe, maybe he's right. We're wrong. I don't know. I guess like you. I guess you could like I don't know, hold your sauce up in it and kind of just like roll just it up like it. a burrito. Yeah, roll it up like a burrito. That'd be cool. I wonder. I wonder if there is a pasta dish where you use lasagna noodles, but you don't make lasagna. You just serve it in a bowl. They're, they. I mean, they make bread bowls, right? That's a thing. Right? Oh. Or is that just a thing that Tim and Eric did oh. for the million dollar movie? No, it is a thing. Yeah. You don't it know Rebels are a thing? That's ridiculous <laughs> shit. <laughs> hey, but you want like you want like a couple sips of soup and a fucking loaf of bread? <laughs> oh, I found a recipe for edible bread spoons. <laughs> my mom has an edible spoon maker. <laughs> oh my god. You can make chocolate spoons, you can make cracker spoons, oh, fuck. you Tell can me. Fuck the wood spoons for the sarcasm <laughs> yeah. discog. Shit, we should probably we should talk about that. We're no, releasing. Hold on, a... hold on. I I looked up edible clothes, and there's edible underwear. <laughs> there's that's edible... like the most generic easy thing ever. What edible clothes? Specifically, edible underwear. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh damn! Hey, you know we're a record label. <laughs> So this is a we're, music we're not we're not chefs yeah this is a music podcast tommy talk about releases or something or uh, wait, we're alex you're on a record label i do too this is true <laughs> i i think we're like an hour in and we're just now talking about like <laughs> record label stuff i feel like it should be the opposite but hey you know what, alex what's on the plate for lava socks how's it how how what made you want to make the awful financial decision of running a record label out of your bedroom oh yeah man. i just didn't I wasn't spending enough. <laughs> <laughs> I hate money. Yeah. No, it... I, uh, I, um, I don't know. I came back from being out of state for college and didn't have any time. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't have any time like before to do any of that. And then I came back and I had all this free time and there were a bunch of bands that I wanted to work with. And it's, it's been slow the last couple months. Cause I, you know, I haven't seen anyone in the Bay Area and I haven't talked to anyone, but it's been good. I think we're at like 30-ish releases. Uh, Just don't knock yourself. That is that is an, a, a, a great amount of releases for, you've been a label for less than two years. Yeah, and I, I'm super that's, happy that's with great. it. And it's, 
it's been good. I've I've started doing uh well I'm I'm waiting on my lathe cut maker, which should be coming lathe March. Cutter, of, cutter. Yeah, March of next year. So once that comes, I'll be able to do a lot more, but right now I, I do some vinyl and tapes and I think I've done like one C D, maybe two CDs. I don't know. I fucking hate CDs. They always get lost awesome. when I mail them. Oh, <laughs> that's really? that's why you hate them? Yeah, I just I put them in these little like cardboard mailing envelopes, which are cool, but like I've mailed a few of them and I think I've had like th- two or three get misplaced by USPS. Oh wow. But um yeah, we put out this Rebel Girl comp, which is 23 bands all covering Rebel Girl and it it came out better than I thought it would. <laughs> It's it's pretty fun, and all the profits go to the Bay Area Girls Rock Camp, which is a yeah. music camp in Oakland. And that's been fun. Got a couple reissues coming out. This OG hardcore band, Corrupted Morals. I'm reissuing their original 7-inch on a 12-inch with some bonus stuff, I think, November? I don't know. Waiting for vinyl. Everything flow. That by yourself. Yeah, that's just me. I I, wor- I worked with Lookout for like two things, and but uh, you know, hopeless with all their lawyers and yeah. forms and everything is not the way to go. And what has been uh, what's been your favorite project so far running your label? Oh man, I really loved. I've there's a couple bands that I've really loved just like finding and releasing the first thing of this band Fistfight with Traffic, which is almost like kind of donor rock pop kind of stuff like if paramore you know smoked a bunch more weed (laughs) and i really like their music and they only played one show before the shelter in place happened but i think they're doing more once this is over but they're super good uh i've done a couple things with slumped i always love working with them uh i did the probably the the green day tribute comp though was my favorite i think so the, yeah, Gilman Street ripoff. That was super fun. Uh, my favorite thing was Sarcasm opened for Billy Joe Armstrong's cover band, uh, The Cover Ups, in Oakland, I think late last year. And I, I went upstairs and Billy was a little intoxicated and I handed him a copy and was like, yeah, you know, we did this. Thanks so much for your music, blah, blah, blah. And we filmed a video there next the next day, and I went upstairs and like the copy I gave him was just sitting there on the couch. I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." Oh, oh, fuck. What? But it's fine. I, I, uh, I had a similar experience when we did our choking victim comp. Um, I, I, we were we we were actually up in Gilman, and we were watching. Um, we, we had a day off on tour, and we went to the Leftover Crack uh, release show for uh, Constructs. Stizzle was there, and like as he was on his way out, I just shoved a copy of the the Choking Victim tribute in his hands and just walked away. <laughs> I, I I had I think I had talked to him prior, but like I don't think he ever put like who I was together, and uh, I just and then I ended up actually giving Squirt and Alec from Choking Victim. Like, I was hanging out backstage with them after uh, when they came out and played in Orange County, and I just handed them both copies, and Alec was like, "I love folk punk." <laughs> I, was like, I was like i'm glad i remember at some point got a copy of this so yeah what what oh, year that... was that leftover crack show 
2015. Yeah, I think, yeah. That's when they released uh, Constructs of the State. Yeah, it was with, uh, 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 oh, I can't think of who Uh, played that. Literati? Uh, uh, no, uh, 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 oh, a really good cast band. Pretty sure it was Clitorati. Tulsa Doom? No. This was this was at Gilman. Yes. Leftover crack. Oh no. Oh, theories. Leftover crack theories. Rats in the wall. Heartless folk. Does that sound right? That was it. Yep. Rats in the wall played. Rats in the wall played. Yeah, I remember that one. That was a much more Um, fitting bill. We we played with them for some reason, 2016 at Gilman. I saw, that, it was, uh, I saw that show. I thought that was great. <laughs> it was fun. Just, love... just oh. uh, the fans hated us, and we covered. I think we, Mari had mentioned that SZA really hates Rancid, so I was like, "Oh, we gotta cover a Rancid song." Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so we did. We ended with "Journey to the End of East Bay," and I think he he liked it. I don't know. I, it doesn't sound like you did, though. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. I, I had fun. I love every time Sarcasm and Corrupt Vision play together because uh, do not. <laughs> the crossover of our two bands is very little. I think it's, I yeah. think it's fun. And like the big. It's great. I mean, so we've played. We played in San Diego. We played at Gilman. Uh, did we. We played. No, Mari just helped us with that show with uh, at uh, the Redwood Cafe. Oh yeah, yeah. Then, Sarcasm uh, didn't play that one. We've played it with Insomniac Collective a couple other times, but yeah, I I like I like um, those kind of multi-genre builds and like you know when we played for example like the Till Two Club or whatever it was in San Diego, it was you just kind of like oh well, whatever we'll just do anything. Because no matter what, it's going to be kind of weird, so you can just kind of go have fun with it. and That was super fun. Sarcasm is the only band not in the same genre as Corrupt Vision that I would ever want to tour with. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> we Every band we've toured with, with the exception of... I guess Pseudo didn't break up. <laughs> like, every band we've toured with has broken up afterwards, except... Technically, pseudo, even though Liam left after that tour, and Grumster, every other but, band has broken up. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> but, uh, but I did, yeah. I did see that um, Green Day played a like a crust punk show with like his hero is gone, and like Dystopia and all these other bands. So I kind of see it like Corrupt Vision playing with sarcasm in that aspect oh yeah and green day back in the day played with you know i think filth and those kind of bands all the time the really kind of intense hardcore stuff and i think i think it's fun yeah it's it's the same with like the chicago scene where it's like fallout boy was playing with like fucking um uh, uh uh like race trader and shit fallout boy that the i still have Hello Mega Tour tickets for 2021. Oh, I I did. I was actually gonna go to that the Bay Area one because I really wanted to see Weezer. Yeah, they're the they're the one I'm most excited about. They're 
yeah, the new Green Day album was not to. I always end up talking about Green Day, but man, the new Green Day album was such a total departure and such a waste of my time. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, but, I did. I didn't like it either. I didn't like it either. I do really enjoy the two new Weezer tracks that the off uh, that are gonna be off their new album. Those two songs are so fucking. They're like straight up like power pop, and I fucking love them. And I hope. Because Black Album was such a huge disappointment for me with uh, Weezer. And when I saw that they were touring with Green Day, and, I, and Green Day was like, oh, we're going to have a new album. And I was like, oh, the Weezer tracks are good. Fall Out Boy, I'll take it or leave it. So I was hoping that the Green Day album was good. And I, fuck, I did not, yeah. I did not like it at, like, at all. Uh, do you think Android is the best Green Day song ever? Or is it just me? Oh, man. I Off don't, of Dr. Plunk? I don't. No, I wouldn't agree with that. <laughs> what? Mari also told me that Green Day invented folk punk. What do you feel about that? Oh my god, what? With like the dominated Love Slave song? No, off of uh, what was it? What's that fucking album? Warning? Oh god. Yeah, Warning. Oh, that's just like gentrified folk punk, though. <laughs> oh. so, 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 so no? No. no. <laughs> Alex, I think I don't think you should feel bad about like uh, like always end up talking about Green Day because I think it's what people just expect from you being in a pop book band from the Bay Area. I mean, it's true that we're supposed to, you know, bow down to them and <laughs> they're they're our, our deities. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's true. What what for you guys is the like in kind of like Brian Core? What's the the band uh, like Green Day equivalent? You know, the oh. biggest band is it's it for, from our area? Oh, from just, our areas or just no, like in just, general? In general. Napalm Death. Okay. Yeah. I'd say Napalm Death. Dude, the thing with the thing with Orange County and LA in general is is not to not to be like, hey yo, South is better than North, but there's just so many bands that come from this specific area that there is no there's no one band per genre that it's like, oh fuck, they're like the kings, right? Like it's so also, Green Day is, is is also like what like the biggest one of the biggest rock bands in the world ever. Yeah. Whereas like with L.A., it's like in Orange County, it's like yeah, you got the Adolescents, which are huge, but only in punk. You got Bad Religion, who is huge, has some mainstream crossover, but also you know big in punk. And you have the like Vandals again, only big in punk. They're all from this area, but there's no. I, I feel like there's no one specific like that's like the L.A. band or that's the Orange County band, you know. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I I think, yeah, the bad religion and adolescence are good examples of that. Or like, God, Motley Crue, that might be an example. I I just watched the documentary of them, so that's probably why it's on my mind. I mean, they are from <laughs> L.A. Yeah, Weezer's Weezer's also from L.A., but but nobody really but nobody really knows like that. Oh, Weezer's from L.A. Unless like you look it up, because they don't like look. Or, or like kind of ooze LA kind of the way that Green Day oozes uh, the Bay Area because they they love the Bay Area and they talk they like bring it up not often but like enough to know for everybody even kind of like normies to know that like oh Green Day's from the Bay Area yeah the, the other thing with Los Angeles is this is where everyone in entertainment wants to end up so it's like there's gonna be so many bands happening so yeah, at, at at one time coming from this area that it's I don't feel like there's one like Orange County band or one LA band that we can like oh yeah they're we they're the they're the idols you know um I would say maybe for Orange County 
no doubt. Yeah. yeah I'd say that because I think no doubt is the biggest Orange County band. Unless like we yep. count thrice, but that's more like kind of like a deep cut. And uh Horse of the Band, they're actually from Lake Forest. Really? Yeah, Horse of the Band is from Lake Forest, which is like again, not not like they're not super big outside of the post hardcore math core scene. It's like, well, I'd say, oh, we we'd rep F minus, but really F minus is is not uh as as much as I love them, they're not that um influential in hardcore punk and even like west coast hardcore punk because unfortunately i don't think i think members of the band will say it no one gave a shit about them when they were a band and it wasn't until leftover crack took off that people started actually caring about f minus i think yeah i think there's a weird thing with like the geography stuff in general and what fern mentioned about green day like repping it so hard compared to other bands like i i you know i live in a well no tommy you've been to my house uh so I live in this tiny little suburb next to Berkeley and all that kind of stuff. But like the, you know, Metallica is from a house that's like three blocks away from me where they practice and wrote master puppets and all that kind of stuff, but they don't rep El Cerrito or anything like that. Cause it's not like, it's not as cool and it's not really related to the genre as much. And yeah, yeah it just doesn't have anything to do with it. I also think it gets to the point where, it doesn't matter where you're from when you're like the biggest rock band. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't ge- geographic stuff doesn't matter once you're, you know, major signed to touring nine months out of the year, 10 months out of the year. It, yeah. It, it's so it's also, that doesn't, that influence it isn't in your music anymore where it's like, if and the other thing was like, it, even ge- geographical influence isn't much of a thing anymore because of the internet. You can listen to bands from all around the world at any time and you can pull influences and and, and that's influencing your writing versus like i want to i want to write an orange county punk album or i want to write a, a a bay area punk album you can if you're if you're conscious of that but i feel like geographic music just isn't as important now yeah and i think that's a great thing that's changed especially with lookout and that kind of stuff being so synonymous with the east bay sound and green day and now Finally, the bands that, uh, especially like I, I try to put out in other local Bay Area labels, don't any none of them really sound a lot like Green Day or anything like that. They're all more kind of that poppy stuff or a little more emo or something like that. Like Fern, what did we say about the Canadian crack rock scene? Oh, they, it's it all the same, the same members because they have all the same members. They just change <laughs> instruments. Like I've heard that bass tone before, and it's like, yeah, because he plays in these two other bands. <laughs> yeah, the the Canadian crack rock steady scene is all the same people. Cool. So, it's, it's, so, but there's enough bands to you know. What what releases do y'all have that are upcoming? I mean, you have a couple vinyl things that are coming out pretty soon or oh, out. No, or, oh wow, uh, Alex is well, Alex we, is now the co-host. No, we do have this new <laughs> pasta coming out. Oh, is it lasagna? That, yes, it is. We have that. Oh, boy. Yeah, that <laughs> no, no, we're calling it big. Po- we're calling it big spaghetti. <laughs> so we got the new big. We're calling it big flat spaghetti. I like so it we got the new big, big flat pasta. spaghetti. NTR, NTR, uh, uh, fuck. NTR two, NTR two is going to be a fucking possible party. Uh, we're 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 prepping up for uh band camp day. Pretty much, but there's like Ooh. I'm working on being camp day stuff uh, right now. Actually, I should have been doing yeah. it instead of playing The Last of Us, but 
Bandcamp <laughs> yeah. Friday, we got a bunch of stuff coming. Yeah. We got uh, um, Insomnia Collective, Billy Narl split finally. Uh, Tapes, right? Yep, finally got a release for that. Uh, took us a took demo. A we got um, we got the Livid Mutilatrix split, which we just announced today. We're gonna do a tape of that. We have the Bimbo's Corrupt Vision split, which finally. will be coming out on. Which will become, which we'll have, a, we'll have Josh on soon, and we can talk about that. But we'll have it on mini CD tape and uh, flexi seven inch. Sick. And then we are rerunning our. Uh, re- I, I feel. Yeah, I don't like using the term repress with a cassette because there's no pressing. Well, I guess I press a button to make it. <laughs> Rebuttoned. But uh, we're, we're rerunning uh, um, the uh, No Time for Fun 6 with a uh, different color case and a different uh, uh, a different artwork, and we'll have a button with it. Uh, so we're going to be putting uh, that up. Uh, I think we're going to formally announce it probably the same time that this episode goes up but yeah we're redoing we're doing another run of, of 30 of those because it sold out so quickly we talked about that last episode but yep. uh that um and then i got a few other things that i think i'm gonna uh just kind of drop on Bandcamp friday because there's i have a lot of tapes that uh, i've been trading with other labels but still haven't released and my stocks is dwindling on it and i'm like i should release this before i have i still have some <laughs> so we'll probably we'll have uh probably two or three more releases for Bandcamp friday and then we uh we'll we're gonna have consistent Bandcamp friday stuff uh pretty much for the rest of the rest of the year yep and it's only going to be sold on Bandcamp friday you can only get it then because after uh, when it comes that saturday right after Bandcamp friday we are destroying everything <laughs> we're destroying all the tapes we're destroying yeah, all the vinyl that we do not sell <laughs> it's extremely limited yeah my mom would love that. <laughs> She's like, oh, finally, I can walk through your room. Right fucking room. <laughs> My goddamn son's bedroom isn't a fucking warehouse anymore. <laughs> uh, God, what else we got? Uh, just talked with um, Andrew of Caffeines. We're going to be doing a, a Caffeines vinyl and tape, and then we're going to be doing Vicious Dreams, which is his other band. Uh, they do, like, power pop set for them. Uh, I got enough enough shit on the plate. Sordo, we're doing a Sordo tape coming soon. Uh, I oh, have a stack yeah. of everything that I need to make. So, yeah, you told me about the sort of guess- t- that you were uh, you got the you got the sort of tape. Oh God, in, the audio, the actual okay, track. So they recorded it live. Sordo is uh, they're great. They're a beautiful band. Um, and I think that either they use their phone or their laptop. But during the recordings, you can hear Facebook Messenger. Oh pops God. Up. Uh, I was like, I was like, oh, cause what, cause I, you know, I do everything off my laptop. So I have to turn, um, turn all the system sounds off. And I, the only thing open is, is, uh, the music player. And I was like, oh fuck, did I leave Facebook open? I'm like, no, it's in the fucking song. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh that's a sort of do, you know, but, uh, yeah, we got, we got that coming, uh, ask, which is this great hardcore band from, uh, uh, Detroit. I fucking hope they're from Detroit. <laughs> they are now. Forgot. They are now. They are now. Uh, and then what else? Oh, and FCON, a uh, great hardcore punk band from Seattle. Uh, Seattle, members of uh, Burn, Burn, Burn. So oh, awesome. about that. we're uh, doing, doing a tape of uh, their first album. And it's going to be on a gold tape. And uh, very, very exciting. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff coming out. Again, all of this will be destroyed got- immediately after thinking. Yeah. If you do not buy it, I will be throwing it. I wonder if that would, I wonder, would that, 
pump sales or would people be like, nah, I want to see if they actually do it? <laughs> I I think it will hurt sales because people could just turn around and resell it for like a higher value. So they don't want him to sell. I At the end of the day, I just feel like uh, I'll just be this, you know, burning money. Oh, yeah, you will be. Yeah, That's way. why it's such um, high stakes. Alex, not to put you on the spot, but how's the Corrupt Vision record selling? It's doing good, actually. I, I don't do it really? that much through my site. I haven't updated my site in a while. But I a bunch of my friends have bought it, and it's been going around pretty well. I think I... Nice. I don't know where it is in my... My basement is like my warehouse. So I kind of just have stuff... Yeah, so it's just kind of scattered everywhere. Um, but yeah, I think I've sold about half. And once I... like I was... Oh, nice. shit. Yeah, and I was just about to start doing like more like distroing at Gilman shows right when this all happened. Like the first show where I brought like a little bit of anything was the uh, Escape from the Zoo, Paul the Kid show, and then everything nice. shut down right after that, basically. So, hey God, yeah. Paul got so fucking lucky. Oh my! If it was a weekend after, he would have been. He would have probably been sleeping on my floor for. He'd a month. still be here, man. <laughs> Yeah, still be yeah. here. Got yeah, it. they were cutting it super yeah. close. Yeah, well, that rest of that tour got canceled, but yeah, Paul was fine. He played his four shows. That was yeah. I was I'm so bummed we couldn't come up and play play uh play some play a show up in uh, the Bay Area over the summer for that album. Oh I was yeah. Really hoping. Uh... So I what's just funny is because you put us on your festival, and um we were definitely odd ones out. We were, I think, the hardest hitting band, and then also the only ska band. Yes, that is true. So it was like double, like, damn. But uh, we, I, that was a, a lot of people who messaged the Instagram, it's the Crovision Instagram, were at that show, and it, it, they were like down from Portland or like you know were from the area, and then they, 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 that's how they discovered us. So that was uh that was a really good show for us to play and i'm yeah. very thankful that we got to play it yeah that was that was definitely i'm so glad that happened and yeah that that's probably the last show i kind of have in my brain because it was so fun and so successful and yeah just the wide array of stuff i don't really remember much like we played sacramento the next night and i don't remember that you know, you know what sucks it was a really like good this show. year this year sucks 2020 would be the most appropriate and it probably can't happen i think i think we'll do it sometime in 2021 and have it be just like last year sucked yeah and then just make it it. that um or do some video thing i have the i have the t-shirt fest t-shirt and it's it's this this year fucking shut 2019 like i just want to like cross it out and put 2020 (laughs) just keep adding the years Oh my god! I, and not to not to be like, hey, we want to play that again. But you know, if you you know, we'll we'll make the drive. Yeah, I'd be down. I I like the multi. Like I said, I I like the multi genre bills a lot. It's something that Gilman back in the early '90s used to do a lot more of. They would book you know a hardcore band, and then they would book a ska band, and then they would book like a rap group or something like that. And they really tried to mix it up a lot more and. Yeah, it's gotten it's gotten kind of homogenous recently, and want to switch it up. Gilman, Gilman to me always I feel had has great theme shows, and the only two I can think of are Fiesta Grande and uh, Speed Trials. I love the idea of Speed Trials. Oh yeah, I remember that. That's the one that like was it like five minute sets? I think it was dueling sets, and they were quick as fuck. Okay, yeah, that's all I remember. Yeah. 
Isn't there a band that's like mm-hmm. in Gilman that plays like super short songs? Oh yeah, under fifteen seconds. That's what it is. Yeah, they're they're great. They uh, they're on that Rebel Girl comp. Their song is a highlight. They play it in less than fifteen seconds. Yes, they do. Oh yeah, they they better live up to that name. They 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 write their set lists on like eight foot by three foot planks of wood. <laughs> and so they're just like collecting in Gilman. And my plan one day is to redo the roof with under 15 seconds set list. <laughs> That's so I funny. want them, I want to play with, I want to, I want to, uh, uh, play with uh, them with a Tomics Cube. Yes, that would be perfect. They'll, they'll play whenever. Next time we can do shows, if Tomics Cube wants to come up and do something, we'll put under 15 seconds on it. We'll have to, we'll have yeah. to call them. We'll have to see, uh, they're very busy with their uh, Zoom uh, lectures. Oh, right. Maybe we can pencil it in for like twenty thirty. We might have to. We might have to. We might have to pray to Gene Ray and see. Uh, see if time keeps making yeah. appearance. I'm sure they can though. Very mystic. Very mystical. They're very, you know, they're very cryptic. You know, like Bigfoot. You know. <laughs> So what what started the the mini CD return? Because I've I've been really oh. enjoying those, but I've been super curious on that. So we um, I I enjoy making stuff. I really do, and uh, I enjoy like making the cassettes. And um, I I had been making mini CDs uh, for uh, Cubic Enterprises, which is the imprint that Timex Cube releases under. Ah. Gotcha. And I was doing it for them. So every every because I I I really like all of my music that I'm associated with to have a physical release. Mm-hmm. Like I always like I, every corrupt vision, regardless what it is, I'd love to have a physical release, whether it's a tape, CD, whatever. And with, I wanted that with Time Cube. Um, and the earlier Time Cube stuff, uh, we were uh, I would like ask like my friends' labels to put it out like a hey, make 10 tapes and they would do it but then it got to the point we had so much music that it's like i can't keep telling them to like do this you know yeah we were, we were putting out an album every other week um i was like well it's the new year you know it's two years of time cube and i was like let's uh, i i had the idea of like i started well i had the year before in 2018 in 2019 i had a a, a side label called housewife record south which was a sister label with this uh, friend of mine, Zach, who ran this label called Housewife Housewife Records. Him and I originally were supposed to kind of work together on stuff, but then it got to the point where he wanted to do a lot of really, like, out there weird shit, and I wanted to do a lot more just, like, harsh and, like, gore noise and, like, like harsh noise kind of stuff. Yeah. So it, it just made more sense to fracture the label and just kind of promote each other. Mm-hmm. Um. Then he closed Housewife, Housewife South, and I, or he closed Housewife Records, the main label, and I was like, I didn't release anyone. I kind of also, like, had, like, a fuck it attitude with Housewife South, where it's like, no time I'm very, like, persistent, like, I, I only do runs of, like, 25, 50, 100, whatever, and, or, um, uh, you know, everything has to be, you know, has to be labels have to look this way and everything has to be like this certain i had like a certain like standard that i kept no time at which to me was important because i wanted my shit to look nice 
but with Housewife Records South, I was like, fuck it, I'll do a run of twelve CDRs, whatever. You know, like I'll just <laughs> yeah. I had a I had a like a fucking attitude. Like I did a run of my favorite thing we did was the minute split, which was Timex Cube in this local band called Snitch. And my our friend Alex uh, Posca, he gave us um he gave me twenty seven one minute uh, cassettes, thirty seconds each side that were like a mis 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 like misproduction that mm. he got. And I was like, he's like, well, you make harsh noise. You could do something with this. And I was like, I don't, what? And I was like, I think, I was like, fuck it. Let's do a split. So I was trying to find two bands to like write a minute, like a 30 second song each. And we started doing Time Cube. And I'm like, fuck it. I'll just, you know, like I'll find someone. So I asked Snitch and they were super down. And I just love the idea of like, it's a cassette and there's only like less than a minute of music on it. Um, I think, I we think, made a run. Yeah. We made a run of 27 of them. And I'm like, that's, you know, it's a, I would normally make 25, so I like the idea of like I'll make 27 or I'll make 36 tapes or whatever. You know? Yeah. Um, but we were, I was doing mini CDs, and uh, I had like I would stamp each one with the I made a little stamp with the the Housewife Records South logo on it, and I stamped each one, and that's all they got. I didn't write anything on them. I was just doing cheap mini CDs. I was printing off the the um, CD sleeves myself at school for like pennies. I was like, I'll sell them for three bucks or just give them away. It doesn't matter. I, the other thing with Housewife South is I had, I, I was like, I don't give a fuck about money with this label. I don't care about making money. I'll give shit away. I don't care. That is not a good way to run a record label. <laughs> so um, ultimately what happened is with Housewife South, major the main label folded. Uh, three of the five bands that I had worked with broke up stop making music so i was like i would have to look for more artists to release um and i was like the only the only other two bands that were still active on the label were griffo and time cube so i was like well i'll just bring griffo into no time and then uh time cube i was like i'll i'm gonna start a, a fake label for time cube uh, called cubic enterprises which i had this idea of like i wanted like business generic mm -hmm. you know like that's why the logo's super generic and like it's very like like the idea of like super generic artwork and layout and extreme music yeah kind of clashing um so i started doing mini cds with uh cubic enterprises and then i figured out like oh you can buy like actual nice like cd labels and print on print on them i was like fuck it i want to start doing mini cds with no time and the i had a, a split seven inch that was supposed to come out with uh Heretta profunda and hello bastards that got uh, canceled because one of the labels that was helping it with it took the money and, and didn't ever send in for it to get pressed. Oh, God. And I was like, I still had that catalog number and that release. And I was like, I, I was like, it's like a year delayed. And I was like, I just want to get this out. So I was like, oh, let me do like a nice mini CD. I did that. And I was like, well, I have all the supplies. And I was like, uh, um, I, I met my friends in uh, Liache. I really liked their album like, a lot. But it already had a tape release under To Live a Lie, and I was like, "Fuck, I really fucking like this album." But like, I can't afford to press it on vinyl. It's already on tape, and I was like, "It's short enough." I was like, "I was like, hey, do you guys want a mini CD?" And they're like, "Yeah, let's ask To Live a Lie." To Live a Lie, I was like, "Yeah, I don't care." And I was like, "Sick." <laughs> I did, I did that CD, and then uh, I tired of everything, which is Will of To Live a Lie. I was like, "Hey, you want a mini CD of your new EP?" And he's like, "Yeah, let me ask the band." How many would we get? I was like, I'm making 30, you'll get 10. He's like, oh, that's more than fine. I was like, all right, six. So I did that. 
Um, and then we had done a, a few for uh, Corrupt Vision. I think we did a we did a CD single of our song "Useless God," uh, mainly because I had ten leftover CDs, and I was like, "Well, I need to do something with them," so I made that. But uh, it, they're um they're fun. Uh, it's it's cool being able to do like all the layout and then kind of hand cut them and and put them together. But uh, I don't know how serious I'm gonna get with it. I don't think I'll ever do like more than thirty. Yeah, like I'll, I'll ever do a run of a hundred. Um, they're they're fun. Um. I hope shows come back, and I'd like to see how they sell. Um, it's what's nice about them is like they're so cheap that like I can you know essentially make like no money on them and be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah, I like mini CDs. They're they're um they're interesting. Not too many labels do them, and uh, it it to me it kind of it it lets me be able to kind of release stuff in a not super. First of all, very quickly, like I can turn around a mini CD in a day because I don't have to buy tapes also like it gives me like something to do and i I can kind of make something real quick and and have something unique for a band but uh i probably uh, maybe some corrupt vision splits will come out on mini cd but other than that i don't i don't know um just see what happens you know they i always have the supplies i can make up at any time so that's my thoughts on the mini cds i love them they're super they're sitting on a shelf by my head right now they're fun. I mean, they're really they're cute. Um, bitch to play because you can only put them in a like a laptop, and it's like if you're gonna do that, you might as well just stream it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I know if you have like a top loader um, CD player, you're able to play them. Yeah, that's. Uh, do you do you have any any weird formats that you want to release on? Uh, I've oh man, I've wanted to do eight track because I know one guy that does it. I, know I think that'd be probably the same yeah, guy. Yeah, I'm sure. He did the I think he did the burn 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 one. That's the same guy. Yeah. That's the same yeah. guy. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Um so that one's that would be fun. Uh I haven't done a 10-inch record, which is they're really expensive for some reason and they're the same price or more than a 12 Yeah, inch. which I don't understand and people I think it's I think it's it's still like the same amount of labor and like the cost to like do that. Yeah, and I think it's it's, it's probably like I don't know the manufacturing process, but I'm sh- I think it's probably more like similar to doing a 12 inch in terms of maybe they're just using the same pressing machines and then just swapping the plates out, so it's the same yeah. effort. But I love them; they're underrated and they're you know because of the cost they're underutilized but if i once yeah. i get the lathe cutter that's my big thing is i want to start doing kind of what you're doing with mini cds with lathe cut 10 inches of like hey let's make 15 and just or you know 20 and just have fun with it and then yeah that kind of stuff so, so with you yeah. you owning the lathe cutter you're able to you know you can take cuts you're able to sell lace for cheaper. Yeah, and and the great thing about this, the the website's kind of weird because it talks like you can only use the proprietary lathe blanks, which cost you know ten bucks or something. But I'm sure you can use other lathe blanks because they're like I think a dollar or two and um. Just plastic. <laughs> yeah, and this one's great because it it comes with its own software, probably similar to like 
GarageBand or Audacity, you load in the music and it just cuts it automatically and it puts the yeah. stops in and everything. Um, and then you just figure out the jackets. But yeah, for like vinyl for me has always been my favorite thing. And I love being able to like do tapes for bands because it's, yeah, it's a nice way to kind of get merch to them that's not as expensive. But vinyl is so fun and I, I feel like such a yeah. big more process i'd love to be able to do that more in general but yeah 10 inches and lathe stuff i really want to get into 10 inches are uh the, the thing with 10 inches people don't people don't want to pay as much as a record because it's literal less music it's like less material but it's like this cost as much yeah and that's that's the biggest challenge is i've seen i think three or four bands in the last like year or two that i follow pretty actively that i put out 10 inches because it, it's so rare i talked to a couple other local labels up here slang church and things like that that have have wanted to as well and, and they won't they won't do them because yeah it's more money from where they press right. the uh the corrupt vision sibin split was a plan to be a 10 inch and then when i found out it was the same price someone was literally like hey see how much a 12 inch is I was like oh it's the same price like let's just put more music on. yeah exactly and that that's the thing is, unless you already have something that perfectly fits a 10 inch, what I've what I've found more is the the 10 inches appealing of people that have a little bit too much for a 45. It's like a mini. It's a perfect mini LP. Yeah. But yeah, if you're trying to put like a whole album out or something like that, it it doesn't work. But there, um, I feel like every long long running band that presses vinyl has one 10 inch in their catalog and usually only one yeah and and like sarcasm hasn't gotten to that point and we we just ordered the vinyl for the new thing that we're doing later this year on no time and uh asian man the tapes on, tapes no, on time. no time so the, it, other stuff through asian man and uh yeah we're doing 12 inch again for that and i think the next thing we're going to intentionally write and record in mind of doing a 10 inch just because the art is fun and everything is slightly, you can do a lot more with like, maybe you could do a gatefold or something and have that be a little cheaper. But yeah, I, I, I have the big thing is I, I love doing the label, but I always try to like I juggle trying to keep sarcasm and the label kind of separate in some ways in my mind because I don't. Yeah, why, why I, I have been meaning to ask you is like why. Cause you, I've even told you, like, well, I'll do a tape for sarcasm. Like, do you want to put lava socks on? You tell them no. Is there? What's your I, reasoning? I for think the biggest separate? thing is I, I keep, like, the funds for sarcasm and the funds for my label are like split into two different bank accounts yeah. entirely, and, um, I think the weirdest thing right now. It oh man, it sounds like such an awful thing, but. Sarcasm technically owes the label money right now because the van was purchased uh, through partially through the Kickstarter that we did, but also the label paid for the rest of it. Um, you say label, do you say Asian Lava, man or Lava, Lava Socks? Socks? So okay. Sarcasm owes some money left over, I guess, to my... Like, I, I put money in every once in a while. I'm just like paying back another version of myself. It's that's how I feel with uh um uh 
provision and, and no time funds. It's like I'm decrementing this number and I'm increasing this number. Yeah, exactly. And I think that I'm not sure why. I think going forward, I'm gonna I'll, I'm gonna start using lava socks more for my own thing. I think the other thing is I started it really wanting to work with other bands and I've never wanted it to be like my own thing as much and so now that i'm like at like 30 releases i feel that there's enough of a back catalog to say like okay now i can start doing stuff that's co-released through me and that kind of stuff other other than um being able to sell like as if i'm releasing music that i'm a part of or like fern's a part of um, we can sell those tapes and those records for cheaper because we didn't have to quote unquote give free ones to the band because we also paid for them, you know. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Um, other than that, I don't treat Corrupt Vision any different than any other band on No Time. Mm-hmm. It's it's I the same you know same deals I have with other bands I have with with Corrupt Vision. Other than the fact that like since we own Corrupt Vision's music, we put it on you know Spotify or or, or Apple Music, or whatever, signed under No Time. Which I don't do for any other artist. They 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 handle their own digital distribution like that. Yeah, and I think that's something that I yeah I've well I guess also the other thing is I formed the label after we already had done one thing through Asian Man. We did this uh, split with Bat Boy, yeah. and I really wanted to try to keep that going. And because Mike does um, similar to like you and I do, he does like release by release he doesn't sign contracts or anything like that um so just kind of i've kept it sort of like out in the open so stuff can happen with him or other things like that but yeah going forward i'm i want to include the label a little bit more and especially now that i don't really have any other like a lot of other bands that i can meet currently i have to (laughs) have to go with what's close to me it the thing is, I, I it's funny is I always assumed that vision was synonymous with, the, or what's the word I'm looking for? Synonymous with like no time, where it's like you, you kind of realize it was all the same people. But it, it more and more, I think I don't think people realize that we as corrupt vision also run no time. Like I had made a joke because uh, we released the a live tape for corrupt vision, but we didn't. I didn't release it under no time just did it like as a as a quote-unquote self-release i had like made a comment that like oh no time didn't want it and people were like yo what the fuck and i'm like we we run the label i'm gonna go beat them how dare they just what the fuck that's whack and i was like no we, we run it i just didn't want to yeah. release it under no time yeah i think i think yeah it's a weird playing both sides of it and, and i think you you seem to have a good grasp on it which is cool and i'm still kind of and I yeah, I've been doing the band for god ten years almost at this point. So I've been doing the band a lot longer. So that's definitely I think still my first priority. And everything else kind of is like band first and then I'll think about it. So I always come into those sort of stuff thinking in the sarcasm brain instead of lava socks. I don't want to be like, hey, what are your what's your five year plan? But do you what is what is your ultimate goal with lava socks? Do you just want to do it as you can. Would you like to do it more? Would you like to maybe have it be supplement income for you? Like, do you have 
what's your main goal with it? Just kind of see what happens. Yeah, I think see what happens. I, I, um, I think I've never really viewed it as like similar to how I've viewed sarcasm is I've never really thought of it of like a financial sort of thing, which, which frees up a lot of stuff. Um, I'd love to just keep working with local bands. Uh, I love that so much. I, one thing that I would like to do, like Mike Park, for example, from Asian Man Records doesn't do tapes. And I'd love to be able to start working with people like that of like, hey, you're not going to do tapes for this release. I'm interested. And I did that with Grumster. And um, yeah. it's a great way. It's a great way to get on some great I know, releases. Like that, gr- that Grumster just... thing I fought hard to do um, just to, you know, from them not not through other labels or anything but just kind of i knew they were going to be pretty popular and um yeah man i think that was one of my fastest selling they're just blowing up right now yeah they they're they were uh weren't they tour supporting oh yeah they're they're touring with uh anti-flag oh yeah okay their first (laughs) big band first i'm super proud of them it's like their first full u.s tour will be with anti-flag which is super, yeah, I mean, just, you know, kind of mind-blowing to see that happen to people you know. And we we played in this, no, like, kind of middle-of-nowhere town in Texas, and someone came up to us and was like, I saw you're followed by Grumster. Do you, like, actually know about, like, do you actually know Grumster, or do you just, like, pretend to know Grumster? Someone asked you about that? Yeah. And they were just like, I, there's no way you know Grumster for real. You just, you have, and we've gotten that with, like, before it was Mom Jeans. We yeah. would always get asked that about, my, oh, like, Mom Jeans follows you. You don't actually know Mom Jeans. Why would but, they yeah, do that? They, like, why? I don't, I don't know, because I don't think they, I think they think these people, like, poof into oblivion and, like, reality as popular musicians and don't exist at all before that. Yeah, and it's so just weird. Like, you just, yeah. it just, you just, you just existed one day and it's like, no, these bands toured and, and, and put in work for years. Most of the time, you know, they, they'll, they're tour for three, four years before they even get remotely, you know? Yeah. It's, I think people forget that a lot of bands still have to put in work. <laughs> exactly. And like, how, like how long has Wacko been doing stuff? Wacko, all those cats have been in other bands around Southern California for years. Yeah. Wacko's just been a band for a little bit over a year and a half. Okay. They had they already had a they had a good set of like their friends liking them, and then I, honestly they've been so smart with like what shows that they put themselves on, and they know they do a lot of stunts, which which is you know fun, but also like people notice that type of shit, like the the Denny show, and then the fact that they played a, they were planning on playing a church, just all like fucking like we're just showing up playing like they're they're you know they also played like on like what twice a week yeah and i um yeah a couple like more indie bands from the bay area that i'm friends with i've seen now recently like one that i saw a couple weeks ago and lent a ukulele to was wearing a whack uh wacko shirt and it's just kind of like oh it's entered that that zone but wacko's a smart band <laughs> yeah Alex, what is, uh, how can people find you? They can find me online at Lava Sox Records on Instagram or Facebook, lavasoxrecords.storeenvy.com. Uh, 
or you can find my band sarcasm on facebook or sarcasm band on instagram i think we have a twitter i don't know i'm never on twitter uh, but, uh we have a, we, we have a tiktok follow us ribs is dead man say that ribs isn't sorry, around our anymore drum, our drummer quit uh. like a week ago yeah uh, what <laughs> i know i'm so bummed we haven't we have a song we haven't released yet <laughs> i was so i was so happy being able to watch ribs from the stage that was so cool looking over and you like pacing back and forth <laughs> We'll have a reunion in like 10 years. I'll be there. A bunch of hardcore kids like 10 years from now, I'll be like, yo, this tape's fucking a classic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Got it. Honestly, like... you guys did the thing. You released one thing and die. That's what, you know, that's how you get, that's how you get famous in the hardcore scene. I know. We're going to be like the next Op Ivy. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, thank you for uh, thanks for wanting to chat with us. Thanks no for... problem. This was super fun. I'm glad I got to do it. What about spaghetti? Oh man, I'm gonna fucking try that lasagna thing tomorrow. All right, I'll let you know. Yeah, keep us posted. And uh, do you think Tim Armstrong has traveled the world so much that he has his very own accent at this point? <laughs> I think he found that accent behind the Seven Eleven on Solano Avenue. <laughs> Uh, all right uh you believe in bigfoot you think he's real i yeah you you ever seen him since you're like closer to the redwoods than us no but i if i saw him i would not be surprised (laughs) i do you have the belief of me of like so many people have seen him that there's no way he's not real yeah it's kind of that of like there's something out there that's you know and maybe there's more than one that kind of thing. Big feet. Big feet. Multiple feet. It's not big footses. It's big feet. It's a, it's a multiple. <laughs> big like, foot like a centipede? <laughs> big, big foot eye. <laughs> foot eye. All right. Let's call it here. Sounds good. Uh, thank you, Alex. No problem. Thanks, you guys. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll catch y'all next time.